Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, April 1st, 2019. Broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to a somewhat disastrous opening weekend for the Red Sox in Seattle as the Red Sox drop three of four against the Mariners in Seattle to begin the regular season. But there is some other news with the Red Sox today, and that is Xander Bogarts. Shortstop Xander Bogarts has reportedly agreed to a contract extension. I'll give you those details and react to that contract extension on this show. Also, as we get closer to the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs, I will go over those playoff pitches and answer the question for you, who has a better shot to win a championship this year in their respective playoffs, the Celtics in the NBA or the Bruins in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I will also keep you updated on Gronk Watch 2019. Gronk Watch is in full effect, and I do have an update on that front. It's actually something that Tom Brady said over the weekend. That's right, something that Tom Brady said. All of it today presented by betonline.ag. And here at Podcast One Sportsnet, we're competing against each other in the Sportsnet bracket presented by our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. You can check out the leaderboard for the Sportsnet bracket at podcastonesportsnet.com. I was tied for second place going into the Sweet 16. I was tied for second place with Stone Cold Steve Austin. But the Final Four is now set, and I am definitely no longer in contention to win the Sportsnet bracket. My bracket is busted, as there is only one number one seed remaining in the Final Four. That number one seed is Virginia. They're the only one seed left. Uh, I had Duke win it all. They lost. So just Virginia, the only number one seed. I don't know how many other people had that in the Sportsnet bracket, but I can tell you that my bracket's busted as the Final Four begins this coming Saturday at 6 o'clock with the National Championship game a week from today, next Monday. And if your bracket is busted like mine, betonline.ag is the perfect place to go make your bets on all the action in the Final Four. You know, you can place some bets on the games. You don't have to be done placing bets at betonline.ag just because your bracket is busted. That's crazy. No. Go to betonline.ag right now and sign up using promo code PODCAST1 to get a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of PODCAST1 Sportsnet. Betonline.ag. Today's show also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK. P-I-C, and the Major League Baseball season is underway. And did you know that during last year's Major League Baseball season, DraftKings paid out a total of $410 million, $410 million bucks last year during the MLB season. So why would you play in a fantasy baseball league with the same team all year long, with the same lineup every single night for 162 games? That's crazy. Here's what you should do. Go to DraftKings.com, download the DraftKings app, 
and put together a different lineup and have a new team every single night. And you can play for free with your first deposit by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. Again, DraftKings.com, promo code PICK, P-I-C. And today's show also presented by IV League Hydration. Look better, feel better, and perform better by jumping on the IV I tell you all the time, this is the number one hangover remedy, but it's not just for hangovers. In fact, if you're running in the Boston Marathon, which is two weeks from today, then this is perfect for you. It will help you prepare, and then it will help you recover. IV League Hydration, they have a location in Southie, but the best part is you don't have to go to them. They can come to you. Check out their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com to check out all of their different IV hydration packages. Look better, feel better, and perform better with IV League Hydration. Welcome to the show on this Monday, April 1st. And April Fool's is probably one of the dumbest things we do as humans. Is it not? I think, I think it is. Out of all the dumb things us humans do, I would say April Fool's Day is the dumbest. I do not participate in it. Every once in a while, I might fall for something because people are so extreme with this sometimes that they make a lot of the April Fool's stuff very believable. So you got to be very careful today. I just want to let you know, full disclosure, I am not doing any April Fool's stuff on this show. In fact, I almost feel like my own computer... And my own equipment here in this studio at Beantown, USA, I feel like my equipment has played an April Fool's joke on me because as you're listening to this, I just want you to know, this is the second time. This is what I do for you people. This is what I do for my loyal audience. This is the second time I'm recording this show today because the first show I recorded and I'm, listen, I've had many issues with my audio equipment video equipment. I've gone on rants before on this stuff. You know, I've had some issues. I've been doing this for a long time. Technology is not perfect. This equipment does not work a hundred percent of the time. It works a lot of the time, but not 100%, not a perfect 100%. And I had something, whatever happened with my computer as I was about 45 seconds in to the first recording of this episode today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on Monday, April 1st, uh, I was under the impression that it recorded the whole show. Well, little did I know, it only recorded the first 50 seconds. And I'm disappointed because I gave you a good show that you'll never hear. And you know what happens after that After that happens? You sit here and you punch the wall and you slam your head on the desk and you sit here and go, wait, do I have to... Do I have to do it all again? I have to say everything that I felt because what I do on this show is like I rip open my chest. Okay, I only have a couple bullet points here. And what I do is give you my opinion and my take, if you will, and how I genuinely feel about things. Like I don't sit here and come up with my hot takes based on, you know, how much it could go viral or how crazy an opinion it could be to get people talking about it. No. I mean, I give you my genuine opinion. And so when you give a genuine opinion for an hour and you do an hour long podcast and then when you're done with that podcast and when you're giving your genuine opinion and ripping your chest open, you realize that it didn't record any of it other than the first 50 seconds of your bet online and DraftKings read. 
<laughs> then uh, it's a pretty devastating moment on your Monday. It makes your Monday a lot more difficult. And not to say Mondays are easy. They're not. But they're definitely not easy on Monday, April Fool's. And they're definitely not easy on Monday, April Fool's in which you have to do the same show over twice. Right? So I guess the mindset that you have to try to talk yourself into is, hey, there's one thing to do. There's only one thing to do, Danny. Make sure the second one was better than the first. I really liked the first one, though. I did. I really liked it. And now I got to do it again. So let's do it again. And the funny part about it is you haven't heard the first one. So you're like, you're not doing it again. It's just me doing it again. So you really don't even know. And I didn't have to tell you, but that is sort of the April Fool's joke that my own computer played on me today is that it pretended to record the first show. And here's hoping that this second show is actually being recorded. It looks like it is. Will it just be a an all-day April Fool's joke on Danny? Maybe. It wouldn't wouldn't be the first time. Doesn't always even have to happen on April Fool's. On April Fool's Day. It could happen any day. I mean, <laughs> that's my life story. But uh here we are recording you the podcast again. Look, it's a it's a big week. And it's a big I'm giving you two shows this week, two episodes of the Danny Picard show. Also another episode of Take a Bump. We'll give you episode five, myself and Matt Taven from Ring of Honor. Um, And I guess that leads me into my why this is a big week. This is a big week because this is the biggest week in professional wrestling. So later on this week, I will be joined by Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated, who is the pro wrestling insider for Sports Illustrated. In fact, I say later this week, tomorrow, Justin Barrasso will join me in studio. I might, I don't know when we're going to pump that show out. Maybe not till later in the week. Or maybe I pump it out tomorrow night. I don't know. But that will be the second show of the week. A preview of WrestleMania. Also, we'll take a look at uh, the Ring of Honor New Japan Pro G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden, which I'll be getting into with Matt Taven on my other podcast, Take a Bump, my actual wrestling podcast, because Matt Taven, my co-host of that show, is in the main event in the triple threat ladder match for the Ring of Honor World Championship against Jay Lethal and Marty Skrull. And in fact, I will be going down to Madison Square Garden and I'll explain why on the Take a Bump podcast this week. So make sure you subscribe to that on iTunes and Spotify. But I will be leaving for New York City on Thursday morning. Um, so I will get all the podcasts this week pumped out before Thursday morning. Right, that's a guarantee. But it's a big week. WrestleMania on Sunday and Justin Barrasso joining me in studio tomorrow. So that's why it's a big week with all the wrestling stuff that's going on. Um, Also, we got another week of Major League Baseball. The Major League Baseball season began over the weekend. And I guess that brings me into what the top story is today, at least here in this town in Boston. And that is not even necessarily what happened to the Red Sox in Seattle. Red Sox lose three of four to begin the season against the Mariners. And it just, you know, the story of the weekend was the Red Sox starting pitching was just pure garbage. It began opening night with Chris Sale. The velocity was down after the first inning. And that's obviously a concern for some people. I'll tell you in a minute why it's not a concern for me. Um, You know, Evaldi, not good. You got... 
Rodriguez, Porcello. We, I mean, as I'm recording this, we have not seen David Price yet. He'll pitch against Oakland. The Red Sox now go to Oakland for a series against the Athletics and then against Arizona before returning home next week for the home opener at Fenway, what, next Tuesday, I believe. So the Red Sox, they got knocked around in Seattle. The starting pitching got knocked around against the Mariners. And I think we all thought that might be the least of the Red Sox problems this year was the starting pitching. But it's not even the biggest story. The biggest story is that today, the the report and the news is that, and this was first reported by Evan Drellick last night on Sunday night, Xander Bogots and the Red Sox are close to a six-year, $120 million extension. Now, by the time you listen to this, that might be finalized, signed, sealed, and delivered, and there might even be, you know, some type of press conference. Who knows by the time you listen to this. But the numbers, Xander Bogots, a six-year extension for 120 mil. That's $20 million a season. Now, some people reporting this as a seven-year, $132 million extension, and that is just... That's not what it is. People are adding in, the people who do that, they're adding in this year's contract, which is the final year of his deal in which Bogots will be making $12 million. And they're saying it's a seven-year, $132 million extension. It's not. It's a six-year, $120 million extension, $120 million extension, $20 million a season. There's an opt-out for Bogots after the third year, after the 2022 season in which he'll be 30 years old. There's a vesting option for 2026 after the final year of the deal, which will also be for 20 mil, which could make it a, a, a what, a seven-year extension. Um, and my reaction to this is, you know, the same reaction that I had after the Chris Sale extension, 145 mil, which is that it's a good deal for the Red Sox. This Xander Bogarts contract, Six years, 120 mil, 20 million a season. That's a good deal for the Red Sox. They don't have to get in a bidding war. And I do think there would have been a bidding war. I really do. I believe that. Bogots is still young enough at a position that's highly coveted. You know, a couple years ago, he hit 290. He hit over 300 one year. Uh, he was in the All-Star game a couple years ago. Last year, he had a career high in home runs and RBIs, what do you have? Did he have 23 home runs, 103 RBIs, something like that? He had over 100 RBIs. He had over 20 home runs, career highs. Um, he's good enough on defense. I think he's improved enough on defense to the point where he's not a liability and, and, and better than that. So when you look at the market and all the money that's being thrown around in Major League Baseball, I don't know how you can't just acknowledge based on the rest of the league and the money being thrown around, I don't know how you can't acknowledge that the Bogots deal is a good deal. And not just because of just Bogots and the rest of the money around the league, but also because as an organization, you got some big decisions to make coming up. Mookie Betts, going to be a free agent after next season. Same thing with Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, you got Rick Porcello that's coming up. J.D. Martinez could opt out after this year, and and it looks like he's going to do that, especially if he has another season in which he hits 40 home runs. Uh, You know, J.D. Martinez could opt out, and probably will. So the Red Sox, you know, they're trying to lock up as many of these guys as possible. I don't think they're going to lock all of them up. So when you can get two guys 
in your starting shortstop and your ace locked up for a combined $265 million. You know, that's less than the Arenado deal for Colorado. That's less than Manny Machado's 10-year 300 mil. That's way less than Bryce Hopper's 330 mil for 13 years. That's, that's way less than Mike Trout's $430 million deal. So, I mean, I just think when you look at the Bogots contract, when you look at the sale contract, I will tell you the same thing now that I did after the sale extension, which is this is a tough offseason for you to sit there and complain and to sit there and tweet about how unhappy you are that this is such a bad deal when this is the same, and I say offseason, you know what I mean. We'll say, we'll say year. This is a bad year for you to argue con- any contract that's under $200 million. It is. It's a, it's a bad year for you to make that argument. It really is. Like, I, I, I don't, you can't just look at the $20 million per year for Xander Bogarts and just look at that in a vacuum or just in general. Like, you can't just look at the number 20 mil and go, that's too much. You have to look at the market. You have to look at what other guys are making. You have to project what other guys will be making next offseason and the offseason after that. You have to take into account what you're going to have to do. And you have to set your own priority as an organization as to the guys you want to keep around at a realistic price tag. And if you can make that happen, then do it as soon as possible. And I think the Bogots thing is, you know, if, if he hit the open, if Xander Bogots hit 20 home runs and 100 RBIs again this year and hit close to 300, right? I think that Bogarts would get maybe $24, $25 million a season next year. The way this thing's going, the way these prices are going up, the way these teams are willing to spend money, I think Bogarts, the Red Sox would end up in a bidding war. And then what? They'd lose them. They'd lose them. And I don't know. I just think it's way too soon to lose a guy in his 20s who can hit 300. And, you know... I think gone are the days. Like, who would you rather? Let me ask you this: Who would you rather have, Manny Machado, at ten years, three hundred mil, or Xander Bogarts at six years, hundred and twenty mil? Like, and you do have to compare the two. You do, you do. And I'm not saying if you lined them up on a wall, who's a better ball player, right? If you were putting on MLB The Show, the video game, or RBI Baseball '19, the video game. Like, and you had a fantasy draft, like, who are you taking? You're going to take Machado. I'm not, I'm not comparing him in that sense. I'm comparing him in the sense of, like, is Machado that much more of an impact than Bogots? Where you, you know, 300 million based on other moves that you have to make? Nah, I would rather have Bogots for six years, 120. Yeah. I'd rather have Bogots. I don't even have to think twice about that. I don't even have to think twice about it. So um, I'm going to tell you the same thing. I think this is a good deal for the Red Sox. It's a tough year for you to complain about contracts under $200 million. It's a tough year for you to do that because there have been some ridiculous contracts dished out. The question we have now in this town and even around baseball is, what does this Bogots deal combined with the sale contract mean for Mookie Betts? 
I don't think it changes anything on the Mookie Betts front. Mookie Betts said not too long ago he doesn't expect to see anything happen until he hits free agency, which is not until after next season, after 2020. But I tell you what, since the Red Sox have put in a priority on signing guys right now, you know, I think when it comes to what's the ne- you know what's the next decision for the Red Sox, who's the next guy they sign? Could it be Porcello? Eh. It depends on what Porcello wants. I, I think Porcello has said something along the lines of he's willing to take a little less to stay. And if that's the case, maybe you just get that one out of the way now before maybe he does tear it up and backtracks on that statement. Um, but I do think that if you wanted to offer Mookie Betts a big money deal right now and make him the next guy, then it would make some sense from an organizational perspective because, and here's why, because I think Mookie Betts, he's making it sound like he's going to test free agency. He's making it sound like he's going to want more than Trout. Mookie Betts is going to want to be, it sounds like, the highest paid player in the history of North American sports, higher than Mike Trout. He's going to want 450 mil. I told you a couple weeks ago, I love Mookie Betts. I don't want to see him go anywhere. I'd love to see him finish his career in a Red Sox uniform. I'd like to see him around for the next 10 to 12 years. But would I make Mookie Betts the highest paid professional athlete in the history of North American sport? No chance in hell. Like, I love Mookie Betts, but I'm just not going to do that. I'm sorry. I'm not. But do you have to? Like, and I don't say do you have to from a perspective of, look, if Mookie Betts wants 450, 450 mil, and he thinks he can go get it, go get it. But from the Red Sox, I'm sitting there going, you're not going to get it from me. I mean, you're not going to get it from me. You're not getting it from us. And I don't think that's us knocking you. That's us basically saying, look, the Angels got nuts. You know, they offered $100 million more than Bryce Hopper got. They offered $130 million more than Manny Machado got. Like, at some point, we got to sit here and go, well, yeah, we have a lot of money to spend, but we have other guys who would do big money. And we do have to, at some point, handle this like a business. We're not going to make Mookie Betts the highest paid player in the history of professional sports. Like, we're just not going to do that. But if you want to be one of the highest paid players, we can make that happen. So if I'm the Red Sox, I would offer Mookie Betts. And I told you this a week or two ago. Now that you're kind of going down the line, going down the list, all right, you got Sale, 145 mil. All right, you got Bogarts, 120 mil. Um... You know, let's wait on Porcello. We don't even know what we're going to do there. Um, Jackie Bradley, let's wait. I mean, who knows? We could trade Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, J.D. Martinez, I mean, he hasn't opted out yet, so let's wait. Let's make Mookie an offer. Let's make him an offer. Let's not lowball him. Let's make him a solid offer. I already told you this would be. If I'm the Red Sox, I would offer Mookie Betts a 10-year deal for 350 mil. I'd say you'd be the highest paid player on the Red Sox per year. You'd be you'd have the highest average annual salary. 
you'd have about the same average annual salary as Mike Trout. Mike Trout is, I think it's about $36 million a year, right? Um, you'd be making more average annual than Machado and Hopper. So you'd be the highest paid Red Sox. You'd be right there with Trout on average annual. It's just, it's a 10-year deal. Um, and it's $350 million. And look, if Mookie rejected that, I wouldn't crush him for that. I'd say, well, you know what? He wants he wants to be, you know, he wants to get paid. You know, some people will say, oh, how, like, how greedy can you be? Well, I try to put myself in everyone's shoes, and it's one of those things where, <laughs> you know, if I had the opportunity to make an extra $100 million in free agency rather than take a $350 million deal, I might see if I could get $450 mil. I might. If you can... It's easy for us to say, oh, just take the 350 mil. It's easy for us to say. It's such an easy thing for us to say. But if you're in his shoes and the possibility's there and your agent's in your ear going, man, don't say, we're not signing 350 mil because next after next year we can get 450 mil. Maybe 500, right? I mean, I'm just trying to think of where the market's at in baseball. And if you're being told that, if you're Mookie, I don't think you signed 350 mil. I mean, maybe you overrule your agent and you do say, this is where I want to be. And I'm not, wow, I didn't think they'd offer me this much this soon and I'll take it. Maybe you do. And then it's good for all parties. If Mookie rejected a $350 million deal right now from the Red Sox, I'm not going to crush him. Go get your money. But here's what I think if you're the Red Sox, you do if you make him that offer right now. You basically eliminate being crushed by people outside the organization. It's kind of a P, it's a good PR play. Like, look, there's going to be people that are going to go after the Red Sox regardless. There are people just waiting to see what he, what they're going to offer Mookie Betts so that he can reject it and they can pounce on the Red Sox. There are just people waiting for it. Much like there are people who love going after the Red Sox for the John Lester stuff. The low ball off of the John Lester. Did it come off as a low ball offer? Yeah, it did. It did. But I was not, I've never been one to crush the Red Sox for that. You know why? Because I told you from day one, I think Theo Epstein and John Lester were in cahoots on that. And and I think that the Red Sox knew it. I think Lester said, and Lester and Theo Epstein were like, wow, how cool would it be to be a guy, to be guys who won championships with the Red Sox and the Cubs to break both of those slumps. How cool would that be? You know what? Good for them. Like, it worked out. But don't tell me that wasn't a plan for both of those guys for a little bit. Don't tell me that there wasn't... Believe, I'm telling, I just I never really crushed the Red Sox for that Lester thing. I never did. And um, I, I, I think that the Cubs always were going to offer more. And the people were always going to crush the Red Sox on that. They were. They were. They always were going to crush the Red Sox tonight. And they were going to be the same people who, if they offer Mookie Betts something, that's pretty good. And if it's not Mike Trout money, there are going to be people who crush the Red Sox. You're never going to eliminate it. There's some people that are never going to be happy with any money that the Red Sox spend. They're just never going to be happy with it. Um, But in the real, back on on planet Earth, back in the real world, if the Red Sox offer Mookie Betts $350 million, 
I just think that it, it's it's not realistic to crush the organization and say they lowball them. That's not a lowball offer. Now, if they offered Mookie Betts under two hundred, even even if they offered Mookie Betts under three hundred mil, that's a lowball offer. Given what's been offered to, uh, given what other players have signed for Machado, Harper, Trout, if you offer Mookie anything under three hundred mil. If you offer him anything under Bryce Harper, I think you're lowballing Mookie Betts. But if you offer him more than Bryce Harper, 350 mil, are you really lowballing Mookie Betts? No way. And if you can get him to sign on the dotted line for that contract, good for you. But that should be the next move. That should be the next move. Whether it is or it isn't, I don't know. What I do know is that I like the Bogots deal and I like the sale deal. And I think that if you don't like either of those two deals, then I think this is a tough year for you to argue. This is a tough year for you to win that argument because it's a year in which huge money has been dished out. $300 million contracts, $400 million contracts have been dished out. And the Red Sox have just locked up two key pieces. They're starting shortstop and their ace for a combined $265 mil. And you want to argue that? It's the it's it's a tough year for you to argue that. It is. And I just can't do it. I can't. So I think it's a good deal for the Red Sox. This Xander Bogart six-year, $120 million extension. Now the Red Sox on the field, their starting pitching got lit up. The concern is that Chris Sale, the velocity is down. But when you do look at how Alex Cora is managing this thing, they've made it very well known through the broadcast that the Red Sox are sort of, at least with their pitching staff, their starting rotation, they're still in spring training mode. Like, Alex Cora is still working this in a way where he's getting guys a pitch count, and it doesn't matter. You know, the, the night of Aldi started, they didn't have anybody warming up. And you're going, what are they doing? Well, there was a pitch count they needed to get to. Eckersley talked about it. Um, and, and if that's the way you're going to handle it, if you're going to manage this thing as if it's an extended spring training, then I think you can't panic about the way it looks. You know what I'm saying? You can't panic about a dip in velocity this early. You can't you cannot panic about them leaving a guy in a little too long. Now, you could complain about the strategy because I don't agree with the strategy. I think opening day is here. The season has begun. You should be ready to rock and roll. The Red Sox are not there yet. Does that have something to do with a potential uh, World Series hangover and trying to manage that? Maybe. But I don't agree with the strategy. I think it's okay to not agree with the strategy. But if we are going to react to this thing and how it's looked through four games in Seattle, which the starting pitching got lit up. If we're going to react knowing the strategy, then based on that strategy, I'm not going to sit here and panic and hit the panic button. Now, if it's the second week of May and Chris Sale's throwing 90, 91 miles an hour, then we panic. Yeah, I think you panic. Absolutely. You know, and Evaldi's no good in the second week of May, we panic. Porcello's getting lit up with home runs. We panic. Eduardo Rodriguez is, you know, just so frustrating to watch. By then, we'll panic. David Price 
if he's just happy he got his championship and and he doesn't he just holds all the cards and nothing else matters moving forward, then I'll panic. But it's I mean it's April first. These games that we were talking about in Seattle happened in the month of March. So I'm not panicking yet because of the strategy they're using. Again, I don't agree with the strategy. But since that is the strategy they're going with, handling the rotation as if this is an extended spring training to begin the season, then I, I, I guess I'm, I'm not going to overreact to some of the results or should I say lack the lack of results that this team is getting with the pitching staff. Because if you are going to handle it like an extended spring training, really that you're talking about the rotation and the work that they're getting in. Anything else is kind of like is business as usual. But... Another theory that I have on everything that's going on and everything that happened with the Red Sox rotation, and I tweeted this out over the weekend, I think the balls are juiced. They're juiced. You t- there was a ball that was hit, Mookie Betts, the other day. It didn't go out, but it went off his bat. It was like a pup fly, and the guy goes back to the wall and makes a catch at the wall. I'm going, is that wind? Is that, like, what was that? It's the balls are juiced. And we've heard this the last couple of years from some people. But I'm telling you, I, I, and Major League Baseball knows about ratings. And they know that people people don't tune in to see a stolen base. Or the, and I'm talking about the average fan. The casual fan. They don't, they don't tune in to see someone hit for the cycle. They don't even tune in for a no-hitter or a perfect game anymore. Okay? They don't. We've seen so many of those. But the home run ball... Yeah, that's something you tune in for. Home run records could be something you tune in for. I made predictions on this show last week. I gave you my World Series champion, the Milwaukee Brewers. Kind of an unpopular pick, but if you watch Milwaukee out of the gate, uh, don't tell me I'm not onto something there. I, I picked Milwaukee to win the World Series. But what I left out of my predictions was a prediction that I'm going to give you today which is that you are going to see, because I believe these balls are juiced and home runs are flying out of Safeco Field or T-Mobile, whatever they're calling it in Seattle these days, seeing the balls juiced, another prediction of mine in this 2019 Major League Baseball season is that you are going to see the home run records shattered. Like, they already, they already shattered the opening day home run record. Most home runs in opening day history, right? Is a reason for that. They got the balls juiced more than ever before. Not to say they haven't been juicing the balls in the past. We've heard they have. But more than ever before, they've juiced the balls. And I'm waiting. Who's going to be the first? Who's going to be the first pitcher to come out and complain about this? Can you put money on that? At betonline.ag? Can you do that? Who's going to be the first pitcher to complain about the balls being juiced? Going, what's, what is this thing? That guy didn't even touch this ball and went in the fifth row. What just happened? I'm telling you, another prediction here. Home run records will be shattered. They won't just be broken. They will be broken to a point where they'll never be touched again. And pitchers will complain. Major League Baseball knows. We know what they're trying to do. All the rule change stuff. They want the casual fan to tune in on a Tuesday night in June or July when there could be some other things you might want to do out in the nice weather. They want you to... Dig the long ball again. And how do they do that? How do you do that? You give them more of it. You give them nonstop long balls. You juice those babies so much that 
Everybody and their mother's hitting 20, 30 home runs this year. I'm telling you right now, home run record's going to be shattered. Shattered. I don't even know if I'm talking about single season home runs. I'm talking about guys that shouldn't be hitting them, hitting them. Home runs across the board. The records are going to be shattered. It's a prediction of mine. It's a prediction of mine. Remember, remember me saying this right now on April 1st. That's no April Fool's joke. No April Fool's joke. They'll be shattered. The balls are juiced. So that was another problem with the Red Sox. It's too early to panic, like I said. So whatever happens in Oakland and then in Arizona, I'll keep an eye on it and I'll react to it. But like I said, I also have my eye on Gronk. I also have my eye on the NFL offseason and Gronk Watch 2019. And as I'm sitting there watching the Red Sox and the Mariners on Sunday, late afternoon, early evening, I go on Instagram and I see the NFL Instagram a photo of Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. Innocent little Instagram post by the NFL. Just trying to remind you of one of the greats has just hung him up. And here are some numbers. And the image was, again, a picture of Gronk and Brady, but it also had some stats on the image. And the stat, it said, Gronk's 78 touchdown receptions from Brady, 78 TDs from Brady, were twice as many as the next highest wide receiver. And the next highest wide receiver was Randy Moss with 39. To that, and that's not the story. It's a cool stat, but that's not the story. The story is, to that image... One Tom Brady responded in the comments section. Tom Brady left a comment and he said, quote, I hope 78 is not the final number. Now he put him, he put an emoji after it was a laughing emoji. It was an, and not just a laughing emoji, but a laugh until you cry emoji. So he did add the emoji and he kind of made it sound like a joke, but I see that. And I go, and I even tweeted this out. I said, That's no joke. He knows. He knows what I've been telling you. And what I've been telling you is that I don't think Gronk is actually going to stay retired. I think it's a negotiation tactic. So I think Brady knows. If Rob Gronkowski, and Brady can add the emoji and make that sound like a joke all he wants, but let's be serious. If Gronk was, let's say Gronk was like 36 years old and he really was done. And there was no shot of him coming back. You think Brady would tweet that? Excuse me, put that in an Instagram post? No way. No way. There's no way. Brady can add all the emojis he wants. He was dead serious with that comment. I hope 78 isn't the final number. 78 referring to the number of touchdown receptions Gronk had received from Brady. I hope 78 isn't the number. He's not kidding. He's not joking. He can add all the emojis he wants. And that is just another bit of information that you need to write down in your little Gronk Watch notebook. Gronk Watch 2019. Now, not only is the agent teasing that there could be more touchdown receptions, the quarterback is teasing there could be and should be and hopes there are more touchdown receptions. Tom Brady is not joking there. And that's the latest in Gronk Watch 2019. I'll keep an eye on that. I will. There's more. There's more to come. There's more to come. Right? Um, but as we continue Gronk Watch and keep an eye on that, we also keep an eye on the 
NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Can you believe the Stanley Cup playoffs begin next week? They begin next week. Crazy. 2019 is flying by. It's already April. Flying by. The Stanley Cup playoffs begin next week. Now, when you look at the respective playoffs, NBA and NHL, NBA and Stanley Cup, both the Bruins and the Celtics, they're both in, they're both in the tournament. But the question in this town is asked, well, who has a better shot to win it all? Or, or at least who has a better shot to make a serious championship run? And I think if you've been paying any attention, and I, if you follow me on Twitter, you might think, oh, Danny, you're not paying attention to the Bruins. You don't, you don't tweet about it. Well, really? So what? If I don't tweet about the Bruins, that means I'm not watching it? it, it uh, let me tell you something. My life does not... F- I know your life... Other people's lives might fall under this phrase that I'm about to say, but just for the record, mine does not. And that phrase is, if you didn't tweet about it, it didn't happen. I don't live my life like that. I never have, I never will. So just because I don't tweet about something or let the world know about it doesn't mean I'm not paying attention to it. Doesn't mean uh, I didn't, you know, I wasn't involved in it. I don't live my life by the phrase, if you didn't tweet it out, it didn't happen. So just because I don't tweet about the Bruins nonstop doesn't mean I'm not paying attention. I am. In fact, you know the reason that I removed myself from Bruins Twitter discussion is because out of any, I feel like out of any team that I'm a fan of here in Boston, the Bruins Twitter with regards to Tuka Rask, has become so almost politicized. It has. It's like, that is the close, the Tuka Rask Twitter stuff is as close as you get to <laughs> Democrats and Republicans arguing about Trump on Twitter. Like, it's as close as you get in Boston sports to that, to political Twitter, which is why I've removed myself from it. I don't do political Twitter. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle somewhere in the middle with all that. And I think the same thing with Tuca. I've defended Tuca more than I've knocked him. In fact, I consider myself a Tuca Rass supporter. But there are some people that support him so much where I'm like, oh man, can you just just lay off it a little bit? You know? Let this thing play out. Like let's get to the playoffs. Let's get to the playoffs. And then there's the people that criticize Tuca Rask over such ridiculous stuff and they can't wait to jump all over him so much so that they're ready to throw the backup goalie in the playoffs they want the backup goalie to be the starting goalie in the playoffs like that's crazy there's just two extremes there that make the Tuka Rask Twitter stuff as close to political Twitter as you're gonna get without it actually being political Twitter and because of that, it's just tiring. And and it's just like, it's nauseating. It's tiring. I don't want to get involved in it. I don't even want to read it. Bruins games, most of the time, I don't even go on Twitter. Honestly, I don't. I don't. And 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 I feel like Bruins fans on Twitter, would they were driving me away from the team because of the Tukaraz stuff and the extremes on both ends. And not just driving me away from the team, they were kind of driving me away from the sport. Honestly, it's like nauseating bullshit. Um, but I, 
they didn't drive me away to the point where I don't pay attention. I don't watch. Certainly, I, I am a Bruins fan. There is nothing more exciting than the Bruins. You know, from my perspective, there's really nothing more exciting than the Bruins making a legitimate Stanley Cup run. Like, there's just a certain buzz in the building for that that you really can't match. You really can't. And you know how much I love the Stanley Cup. So, look, the Bruins have a better chance of winning a championship than the Celtics do. I guess that's what I'm getting to. Because people ask the question, who's got a better chance to win? Celtics or Bruins? I think it's Bruins. I think the Bruins have a better chance to win. They're in second place in their division. It looks like they're going to be playing Toronto in the first round. Looks like Bruins are going to have home ice advantage. they got three games left. The final game on Saturday at home versus Tampa. Tampa Bay's already clinched the President's Trophy. Um, I'm not even going to worry about meeting them in the playoffs. you got to win your first round first because that's going to be a tough series against Toronto. But, you know, with, with regards to the Tuca stuff, you know, you will get some more answers this, this playoffs, right? You will. With regards to his future... His legacy, if you want to even go that deep and call it that. But um let's let it let it play out. Can you let me enjoy a game? Just let me enjoy it. Let me enjoy the playoffs. That goes to the Bruins, too. Let us enjoy the playoffs. Come up with some wins. Make a run. But I do think the Bruins have a better chance to make a run than the Celtics do. The Celtics. Just one of the most fr- this is probably the most frustrating Celtics team that I can ever remember. That I can ever remember. They have a big win against Indiana the other night. And the very in the very next game, I don't care if they were playing that game five hours later. As a team that's still trying to clinch home court advantage in the first round with only five games left, you should be playing all your guys the rest of the way here. You should. Now, in fairness to the Celtics, they did tell us this last week or the week before that they were going to get some rest. Remember Kyrie Irving? You know, I crushed him for that. I'm like, you're sitting there telling us you're going to take days off? Okay, I understand the playoffs are important. You want to be rested and as healthy as possible for the playoffs. But, I mean... It's not like you don't get any days off in between. Like, let's go. Get out on the court after a big win over Indiana and beat the Nets. They have a big win over Indiana. Kyrie hits the big shot late. We're starting to say, well, maybe that's the win that they get, that now you roll into the playoffs here and you're once again the team that we thought they could be. Instead, the very next game, they sit their stars. Kyrie doesn't play. Al Horford doesn't play. Like, are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? And you know what? Don't tell me this is a... Don't tell me that's a Brad Stevens decision. That's a superstar decision. That's a decision that's made by the player, and that's a situation that Brad Stevens... And maybe this is part of the problem this year, is that I told you this before. I think Brad Stevens having to deal with a superstar in a contract year with some frustrated younger players, has created a dynamic and an element that Brad Stevens does not know what to do. He is out of his element. Now, it's a good learning experience for Brad Stevens, but this is really the first time he's handled this type of situation. Think about his teams in the past. His, even his Celtics teams that have had success. 
even last year. Not necessarily superstar driven, but driven by heart, driven by determination, driven by players with sort of this, um, you know, lace up your work boots every day, blue collar mentality, and a never give up, never say die, you know, identity. Going back to even Isaiah Thomas, those Isaiah Thomas teams, the the comeback in the fourth quarter, they were never out of any game. They had so much heart and determination. We're not saying that about this team this year. But the reason those teams, Brad Stevens had those teams was because he was doing it without the prima donna, without the elite superstar in the contract year, right? He was. He was doing it. He was, he was making it work. He was doing something special. But now this is something different. You mean to tell me Brad Stevens doesn't want home court advantage in the first round? The Celtics and the Pacers are, are tied with for the four seed. They have the same record. You beat them, and then the next game, you say to yourself, well, we got five or six games left. Let's go down the stretch here and seal the deal on that four seed. Home court advantage in the first round. You mean to tell me it was Stevens' decision? His idea? To sit Kyrie and Al Horford the next night? Come on. Let's just talk about Kyrie. You think it was Brad Stevens' decision? You think Brad Stevens wouldn't have preferred to say, come on, guys, let's get right back out there and finish the job? Yeah. I I, I think maybe Kyrie made that decision. I, I think if Brad Stevens had his way, I think Kyrie is playing every game from here on out. Why wouldn't you? It's not like you're playing five straight days, six straight days. You get some days off in between games. Come on. But the Celtics, they have this, you know, it's a frustrating, there's a frustrating dynamic with this team. It's the most frustrating team I've watched in a long time. Given what their potential is, given what we know they're capable of, and given what they keep doing to us. And this isn't the first time after a big win they've either said something stupid or have taken days off. Like, it just doesn't seem as if this Celtics team is all on the same page and they haven't been on the same page with anything all season long. And this, I feel like them sitting against the Nets in Brooklyn and getting whooped by Brooklyn is just another example. A game after they had, you could call it maybe the biggest win of the season. You talk about a turnaround, a turning point. Eh. Well, not really how you... <laughs> not really how you continue to turn things around, right? So, there's no way I can sit here and tell you the Celtics have as good a chance to win a championship as the Bruins do. I don't think the Celtics do. You know, I, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they both have a great shot. But, man, you cannot convince me the Celtics team... I get it. You, It's about the playoffs. You want to be rested, but, like... Don't you want home court advantage in the first round? Aren't you still playing for something? These games do matter. It's one thing if you were locked into the four seed, jumping up to the three seed was just unrealistic, and the five seed was never going to catch you. Kyrie's getting days off. He gets the Brooklyn game off. They handled the Brooklyn game and the lineup as if they had already, they had nothing else to clinch, as if they had nothing else to play for in the regular season. And that pisses me off because that's not true. They have plenty to play for. Home court advantage. 
I tell you right now, if you have to go to Indiana in game seven of the first round and you lose and we, we come out of that game going, wow, if that game was at the Garden and you look back at some of these games that they rested late in the season, man, who are we blaming? We're blaming someone for that. Kyrie running, running his own show. Brad Stevens getting his show run. Who are we blaming? Danny Ainge for, he should have saw this coming. I'm blaming someone. I, I just know that this is a league. You want that game seven in your own building. If you have a chance to go get it, go get it. Don't sit down in street clothes in Brooklyn just because you had a big win against Indiana the game before. It, to me, it's inexcusable. But it's just another its just another example of this Celtics team being infuriating to watch and understand. I, I, it's mind-boggling. And so for that reason, I cannot sit here and say that they have a better chance than the Bruins to win a championship I because I don't think they do. I mean, in general, the Stanley Cup playoffs... You know, it's more wide open than any other sport. But I just, the Bruins have, to me, they have a better chance to win a championship than the Celtics do. And I don't even know if that should be up for debate right now. Shouldn't. So, those are my thoughts. We'll see what happens. Um, I can't believe it's already almost here, the playoffs. It is. Already almost here. Before you know it, it'll be Christmas. Before you know it, Gronk will already be back, having played in week 13. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep my eye on Gronk. I'll keep watching the Red Sox. Um, I'll be paying attention to the wrestling world this week. It's a big week in the wrestling world. Like I said, Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated will be in studio this week. Uh, also, make sure you subscribe to my other podcast, my wrestling podcast, Take a Bump with Matt Taven. He's in the main event at Madison Square Garden this Saturday. Uh, I, I think we could have an announcement to make on that show with regards to some programming stuff with Take a Bump the podcast, and I will be going down to New York City this weekend. I'll tell you why I'm doing that on that podcast as well. But um, get that show on iTunes and Spotify and get this show on iTunes and Spotify and the Danny Picard Show also on Podcast One. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Anything else? Uh, social media, all forms of social media. And uh, wow, this is the, se- the second show of the day. But... Only the first one that you'll be hearing. (laughs) I'll be back later in the week. Again, subscribe. Enjoy your week. I am out. Talk to you soon.